You're listening to the Mama Is Well podcast, where women share their stories about motherhood, pregnancy, birth, and womanhood. I'm your host, Joanna Penn. Thank you for joining me. On today's episode, Monet tells us about the birth of her daughters and how different her experiences were with having her first child in a hospital setting and her second at a birthing center, both in New York City. Hi, Monet. Welcome to the Mama Is Well podcast. Thank you so much for coming here today. Hi, Joanna. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, definitely. No worries. Um, So I'm glad you're here. And for those people um, who may not know you, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and your family. Yeah, so my name is Monet. I'm a blogger at The Traveling Child. I have two children, a four and a five-year-old, two girls, Jordan and Kennedy, with my husband, James. Um, And right now we live in South Florida. Nice. Thank you. So um, just take us to uh, who's your first daughter, your older daughter? Jordan is my older daughter. So she's five. She'll be six uh, next month. Oh my God, I cannot wow. lose it. <laughs> yeah. So take us to um, your pregnancy with Jordan. How was that? So first, uh, my pregnancy with Jordan was completely unexpected. Uh, my husband and I had been told that we couldn't have kids by multiple doctors. Oh, wow. Um, so technically, I, I can't say how long, like we weren't trying to have kids, obviously, but we also weren't having any preventative measures to not have children because we were told that we couldn't. So, I mean, I guess you could say we were trying for quite a long time before we got pregnant, um, but not intentionally. And yeah, so when we got pregnant, it was a super surprise, something we, you know, we were very excited about. We couldn't believe it at all. Um, and my first pregnancy was a little bit I guess I wouldn't say weird because I would say that I think so many women probably go through this, but not enough women talk about it. Um, Or so many women experience some of these things, but they don't do anything about it because like, you just don't know what to do, especially like the first time you're pregnant. There's all these questions that you have. Everyone's experience is so different. So if you even have friends that have kids, you can ask them, but their experience might be different than yours. And for me, like I, I was like one of the first people pregnant out of my friends, out of my family members as well. So I had one friend who was pregnant at the same time as me. Our kids are two weeks apart. And that was pretty much the person that like, we just talked to each other constantly, but I remember how I picked my OBGYN for my pregnancy was literally just based on who my insurance accepted and being close to my job. Um, We had just moved to New York at that time. So I didn't like have someone that I really trusted yet. But anyways, went to him and a few weeks, like after a few appointments, I don't know, he just wasn't sitting right with me. So decided um, at one point to switch OBGYNs. Like, I think I was about um, 14 or 15 weeks pregnant at that time. To me, just every time I asked him a question, his responses were just like, why are you asking this? Or you don't need to be concerned with that. Or like, why are you questioning me? And I'm just like, 
I've never been pregnant before. I'm asking these questions because I don't know and I want to be informed and I want to make sure like, you know, like, is this what's supposed to be happening or like how I'm feeling? Is this normal? Whatever the case may be. But I just felt like he made me feel stupid every time I asked the question. Um, so decided to switch OBGYNs um, at that point. And then my second OBGYN was definitely better, but I would also say that every time I went, I just felt like her and the nurse kept asking me the same questions over and over again, where it didn't feel personal. It just felt like I was a number instead of a patient. Um, So that was like kind of a struggle for me a little bit. And then when I uh, gave birth, uh, at the practice that I was seeing, it was basically whoever was on call. So ended up not being my doctor um, and being someone else that I had never met before, which was kind of frustrating because it's like you, you know, even though I wouldn't say me and my OBGYN had a great bond, I would say at least I was familiar with her. Um, right. But sorry to backtrack a little bit. Um <laughs> The day I end up going into labor, I was overdue. So I had an appointment with my OBGYN to see, you know, make sure there was enough amniotic fluid in the sack and like all these things. And I told her I was having contractions and she was like, oh, I don't, I don't think you're having like real contractions. It's probably just like Braxton Hicks. And I'm like, well, they're coming kind of like, I mean, they're, they're coming frequently and then they stop and they spread out, but they're still coming frequently. Um, and she's like, she checked me and she's like, well, you're not dilated at all. Like everything's closed. You haven't lost your mucus plug, like all these things. She's like, you're, there's no way you're having this baby anytime soon. Um, and she's like, but I'm going to send you to get a ultrasound just to check the amniotic sac, make sure there's enough fluid. So I go (laughs) in the part of the hospital to do this. And the lady who's giving me the ultrasound and she's like, you, you know, you're in labor, right? And that you're having contractions. And I'm like, well, I told my OBGYN and she dismissed me. And she's like, you're definitely in labor and having contractions. (laughs) So then I went to the hospital. So then I, so then she's like, yeah, I'm going to send you to triage because you need to get, you need to get checked in now. So I go and then (laughs) I'm in triage. So you didn't have your stuff? No, I didn't have anything. Anything. Oh, wow. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Um, So I go and then they're like, oh, well, your water, like, did your water break? And I was like, well, not like, it's like I had a little leak, but nothing like, you know, serious. And they're like, they checked me and they're like, yeah, well, you're still closed. So um, until your water breaks more, we're going to send you home. Literally, the lady leaves to go get discharge papers and then when I tell you it was like a flood that came out of me. So she comes back and I'm like, Oh, excuse me. I think, I think what you were looking for just happened. She looks at me. She's like, okay, just kidding. We're going to go ahead and, and, and check you. And admit, you. admit me. Wow. So I'm like, okay. So like, I was fine at first. I still hadn't, like I hadn't dilated at all, but like the contractions were getting stronger. And I, the only thing I remember, not the only thing I remember, but the thing I remember the most is that they kept asking me over and over, do you want an epidural? Do you want an epidural now? Do you want an epidural now? And like in my birth plan, I wouldn't say that I had like a 100% written out birth plan, but I was like, I didn't say, oh, I'm 100% doing this natural, but I also am someone that doesn't really take medication. So I just try to like, you know, 
not avoid that stuff if I can. And I just felt like the whole time, all they were focused on was giving me an epidural. So my husband and I like walked around the hospital floor, like through the contractions and I would come back. Um, and then anyways, I ended up being in labor for a total of 33 hours. Um, yeah. At hour 15, they kept asking me and I was like, okay, just give me the epidural. Like this is not working for me. Give it to me, you know? Um, and then, but as soon as I got the epidural, of course, I, my progression started to, uh, it wasn't going as fast. With the epidural, they then had to give me Pitocin. Um, and then at one point during labor, um, Jordan's heart rate started like, it was so fast, they said. So they had to give me this drug to like help her heart rate slow down since I wasn't anywhere near 10 okay. centimeters. Um, and then that caused my heart to literally, I've never felt my heart like that ever. And I was like super scared. So for it your heart a, rate to go down? Yeah. Oh, it was okay. from, yeah, it was, it was a drug to make her heart rate go down, but then it, my heart literally started beating so fast that wow. I felt like my heart was coming out of my chest at that point. Okay. Um, but That's scary. It was so scary. And then they started talking like, oh, well, you know, you've been stuck. At this point, I had been stuck at five centimeters for like 10 hours. They were like, you're not progressing. You know, we're going to we're we're going to have to talk about having a C-section. And obviously, that's not what anyone really wants. But at the same point, you know, like I'm so I'm asking questions. My husband is asking questions like what exactly is going on? You know just explaining things to us. And again, like just completely dismissive, like, well, this is what we need to do. Don't you want what's right for your baby and for you? And it's like, whoa, no one's saying that we don't want that, but like, this is new for us. So like, can you just explain things? Um, And they kept saying that the doctor was coming, the doctor was coming. And I guess the doctor got super busy and ended up not coming which ended up working out for me in some strange way, which by the time the doctor was ready, I ended up being at like nine centimeters, sort of like, oh. okay. Yeah, oh. but it was like- So what made point, you progress from the stall, from being at five for so long? I have no idea. I okay. guess just time, because at that point, it ended up being like another eight hours. Um, and then at that point, I was at like 32 hours in labor. And then- Next thing I know, I was at 10 centimeters. It was time to push. I pushed for 20 minutes and then she was out. Um, And then they took her from me. You know, they did all the cleanup, all that stuff that they do. And then they put me into my room where I would be. Um, But then I was in a shared room, which, you know, is like after 33 hours of labor, all I wanted to do was sleep and rest. And my baby was quiet but the ladies the lady who was sharing the room with me her whole family was there it was like six of them and they were loud and like her baby was crying and I was just like so tired um so that part like really common in New York was it is New York City yeah I I gave very common I think in New York Columbia um Columbia Presbyterian Medical Center yeah in um in Harlem and yeah. So then unfortunately I ended up getting an infection in my uterus. Oh, so I ended up being stuck in the hospital for six more days after birth. 
Um, and I remember just being like really sad and just wanting to go home and they were giving me medication. And I remember another like doctor had came in to check on me and I was just crying and I was just like, I want to go home because I think that's a natural feeling for you to like, just want to be in your own space and be home. And because I was crying and they asked me to calm down and I guess adults crying after birth is apparently not normal. They call child protective services on me. Are you kidding me? Yes. Because I was like, I want to go home. Like, I just want to go home. And they're like, but you have a uterus and like, you have an infection. Like you're not thinking what's best for your baby. And like, I am, I'm just thinking that I want to be in my own bed, like in quiet time and like peace with like my family there, you know, my husband wasn't able to stay over at the hospital and it was me by myself. And I was hooked up to IVs everywhere because of the infection. And it was hard being by myself and also sharing a room with someone else. And then, you know, doctors coming in every hour to check your vitals. Um, so thankfully I had this one nurse who had actually ended up being stuck in the hospital for three months after her twins were born. And she understood. Yeah. I was like, okay, maybe I should stop complaining, but she understood what I was going through. And she's like, okay guys, the medication that you're giving her, it can be taken at home. So how about we just discharge her let her take the medication at home and then she can just come back for a follow-up appointment at the day that you guys do. And I was like, please, please, that's all that I need. And they let me go. Nurse Angel, right? Literally (laughs) Nurse Angel. Like I wrote her the best recommendation in the survey that they sent me afterwards. Um, And then I finally got to go home after six days. Um, But it was... I mean, for my first birth experience, it was a little bit traumatic. I know definitely not as traumatic as other people Mm -hmm. experience by any means, but it was stressful and it wasn't what I wanted my birth experience to be. And after that, I ended up watching the business of being born on Netflix. And I was like, oh my God, these are all the things that happened to me. Like people questioning you and then not answering your questions and then, you know, making you feel like insecure and stupid about asking why things are happening and just being dismissive, dismissive of you. And I was like, yeah, I feel like they were telling me I needed a C-section because they kept saying you're in labor for too long. And what does that mean? Like what, like when, what is this imaginary amount of time Time that is like the Mm-hmm. time frame that's like you, you have to deliver once you go in labor in this amount of time or like this never happened like hundreds of millions of years ago and women have been yeah. giving birth forever um right. so yeah it i watched could that take and days. I, it could take exactly days, like they don't want to wait you know so i watched that and i was like oh my god if i ever have another child i will not have it in the hospital with an OBGYN because to me, my experience was just not what I wanted it to be. And kind of like a ruined experience, you know, especially for your first child and your first pregnancy, it just wasn't what I expected and wasn't what I wanted. Right. I do have a question. When you were in the hospital, did they, um, was your daughter with you? Was that allowed like in the room with you? Yes. Um, Okay. So she was with me. Um, 
and it was a blessing and also not necessarily a curse, but as I said, like, because I had the infection, like I was hooked up to so many IVs and stuff. And then like my husband wasn't allowed to stay overnight, but the nurses didn't necessarily help me at nighttime either. And I remember specifically one night, like a nurse had came in, I guess, I I think it's maybe the vitamin K or a K shot, something that they give them in their foot. I can't remember exactly, but she gave, she came in to give it to my, yeah, she came in to give it to my daughter at like two o'clock in the morning, the day that I had given birth after me being in labor for 33 hours and not sleeping. And then I guess my daughter, she had wet her diaper and she woke me up to be like, Hey, like, your daughter used the bathroom, like you need to change her diaper. And obviously in that moment, it definitely wasn't polite what I said at all, but I was like, isn't that kind of like, aren't you kind of here to help with this? Because it was like, I had probably like just fell asleep and it's like, my husband can't be here. And then I just felt like it wasn't, they weren't really helpful. So it was great. Like I loved her being there with me. But I also would have loved so much for a little bit of help, especially since the hospital didn't allow my husband to stay overnight. So it was like, I don't know. It was, I know it's not their job, but yeah, but I was like, are you, but I was like, are you for real right now? (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I can, I can understand that. And then how was your postpartum feeling time? Anything uh, significant that happened during that time? Yeah. So, um, I was super blessed that my husband's job had just implemented paternity leave, like right nice. before I, I delivered. So he got two weeks off. And obviously that's not an, you know, a, such a huge amount of time, but for so many people there, you know, their their significant others get nothing. I was so blessed. So the first two weeks, it was just, you know, figuring out breastfeeding and schedules and like all that stuff. Um, yeah it was, it was tough, but I had that support. So that was great. Uh, but then I feel like once my husband went back to work, then it was like, okay, I'm home every day by myself with this baby. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, <laughs> you know, <yeah. laughs> um, that's when it like, it was like, okay. And I remember so many times even me like just crying because like I was trying to nurse and then it was like milk was squirting everywhere and then it was like she wasn't latching or like whatever the case may be and then just like being alone during that time um was was definitely um tough but then I was able to find like this mom group um in Harlem which was nice so then I started getting out the house and meeting up with them for like story time and park dates and that I think definitely saved me throughout that time having other women that were going through the same thing that I was going through and we could we were able to lean on each other and just discuss what's working for one person maybe it will help you and and things like that so that was really nice and I think that was like the turning point for me and like okay like making this like enjoyable and I'm finally like getting I guess the experience that you expect once you have a child um, so that was really nice. Great. All right. So um, sounds like you went through a lot, but, you know, you ended up in a nice support system with that group. Mm-hmm. And of course, your family, your husband, too. Yeah. Um, so tell me about your pregnancy with your youngest daughter. Yeah. So when I got pregnant with my youngest daughter, um, I already knew 
I did not want the same experience. So we ended up getting a midwife um, for my second uh, pregnancy and doing a birthing center for the delivery. So was that in I love it as well. Yes, Sorry. it was in New okay. York as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was great because the practice that we went to, there was only two midwives and every appointment they would switch off. So I would see one, one appointment and one the next. That way I really got to know both of them. So no matter who was going to deliver, I felt comfortable around them. Um, so that was great. And it was just such a better experience. Like it was so personal, you know, personable, like when we came in, we had conversations and like the next time it was like, Oh, so I know you told me this last time, like, how was that going? Or like the days that I wouldn't bring Jordan with me, they'd be like, where's Jordan? Oh, was she with your husband James? Like, you know, all these things where it just felt like, okay. Like when I, when I had questions and I called, you know, they either answered the phone immediately and had no problems answering my questions. Or if, you know, their, their assistant answered the phone, they would get back to me as soon as they could. It was just like a complete 180. And I felt so good about everything. Um, and then when I went into labor, um, it was great. You know, we went to the birthing center um, and it was in a hospital. At that time, it was in um, Mount Sinai by Columbus Circle. They since closed that birthing center, which I think is so sad because it's like a few birthing centers already as it is in New York. Um, but it was great because it's just you, your midwife, I had a doula, and then it's one nurse from the from labor and delivery there. But all the nurses that work in the birthing center were volunteers. So they 100% believed in natural birth and they were really there to, you know, support the mother and the family and, and give them the experience that they wanted. So it was just amazing. Like you're in this huge room, by yourself with a tub. Um, you're able to labor in the tub the whole time. The only thing is since it was in a hospital, you couldn't give birth in the tub, but you could labor in there. Um, and I remember thinking so many times throughout the time, like, why did I think doing this with no drugs was a good idea? <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but like my midwife and my doula were really there to support me. And they're just like, you know, just get through this contraction and then we'll see how you feel. And if you really want drugs, we can talk about that. But it was really like, let's get through this contraction and remind you about why you decided to do it this way and get yeah. you through what you, you know what you want. And yeah, it was, it was, it was great. And after I had her, you know, immediate skin to skin contact, like they didn't take her away. They left, I can't remember the exact name of the stuff on her, you know, what's on your body, but like they didn't wipe that off. The they had delayed, yes, the vernix, yeah. they had delayed cord cutting, like all these things. And it was just great. I remember even like, I want to say like an hour after she was born, my husband was like, oh, you guys never like weighed her or measured her. And the nurse was like, oh, you guys are having bonding time. Like, don't worry. Like, it's not going to change. Like, it's not going to change in a matter of an hour. Like, you guys like have your time. We'll leave you guys alone. And it was great. It was a, it was a queen size bed. My husband was able to sleep over. I wasn't hooked up to all these IVs and these things like and right after, like, I literally feel like immediately after I pushed her out, I was back to my old self. Like, the recovery time for me was so much faster. Like, before it was, like, coming off with the epidural, one, it's like, I felt like I was high. You know, like, coming off the epidural, like, I couldn't walk by myself. I couldn't use the bathroom by myself at first. It was, like, an extended period and to me even feeling normal. Then with this, it was just, like, 
oh, I'm not pregnant. And it was just like, I'm not yeah. pregnant. So it was really, really great. And, I, and after you have birth at the birthing center, like you're able to go home in a few hours. The only reason why we ended up sleeping over was because we had her late in the evening and they were like, it probably just doesn't make sense for you to try to get home at this time. Like you can just sleep yeah. over and go home in the morning. But it was just such an amazing experience. And now I'm like the biggest advocate for midwives and birthing centers. And I'm like, oh, if I ever had another one, which I have no intention to, I'd probably then do a home birth. But it was just, it was, it was amazing. It was like, that's the experience that I was looking for. Yeah, I love that. I love how that's, it just changed. It was a completely different experience. And it's, it's like you, you feel like you're empowered, you know, from that Mm -hmm. experience. And everyone around you was there for you, not like you fitting into their world. It's like they're fitting into your world. Exactly. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Is of there anything course. else that you um, can think of that you would want to share with the listeners? I guess I would really just say like having that support system with you, like having someone to advocate for you is so important. And I wish like, if I could have gone back in time, like especially my first birth, I probably would have, I know it probably sounds weird, but honestly, like more of a, like an interview process, even for OBGYNs, whether it's an OBGYN, a midwife, whatever you decide to do, just like me just picking the person based off my insurance, like wasn't the best idea, but it was like, I was the first time mom and I didn't know. And like all these yeah. things, you know, um, and really just trusting your gut too. Like I was so happy that I switch OBGYNs, even though like my second one still wasn't like to me the ideal one, but it was still so much better. And I, I hear women often say like, oh, well, yeah, I don't like my OBGYN or they treat me like this, but they're too scared to like try to find a new one. It's never too late. Like once you're in that delivery room, you really need someone that is there on your side to advocate for you and listen to you. So it's okay to, to yeah. change. And I would say like afterwards, you know, if you don't have any friends that have kids or anyone that are around you, like see if there are groups that you can, that that you can join because me being that mom group, like meant everything to me, you know, it, it, it definitely, I think for me, if I hadn't found them, I probably would have experienced like postpartum depression because it was all new and it was all a struggle, but having those women to lean on um, and to get outside time and fresh time and not just being in the house the entire time I was on maternity leave was, was very helpful. All right. Such sound advice. That's great. Thank you. And um, tell the listeners where they can find you on the internet. Yeah. So they can find me on the internet on Instagram. It's at the traveling child. On Facebook, it's The Traveling Child as well. And then my website is www.thetravelingwild.co. Thank you so much. All right. So have a good day. And we really, really appreciate you coming on and telling your story. It was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. To keep up with the release of new episodes, follow at Mama Is Well on Instagram. That's M-A-M-A-I-S. W-E-L-L. If you're interested in sharing your story or if you want to get in touch, please contact me at mamaiswell at gmail.com. Sending love. Bye.